Yeah, and it's really like I think of it as like a silver lining in our storm of chaos that we're going through right now. I feel like this could be something that really helps pull us out of the hole. And it's perfect for both of us because both of us are the type of people where we don't like to be managed. We like to be our own boss. list do you really need the list probably not <laughs> i was gonna scratch off like well here you know it's whatever it's just sounds if you want to scratch stuff off the list that's fine no i'll just do it like this okay <laughs> so how you feeling this morning um <laughs> i am feeling pretty groggy um even if i sound somewhat normal I still feel pretty groggy this morning from taking the melatonin last night because I had that first dose. And it was, uh, it was interesting. It actually did not get me tired until about five hours later. Right. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that's not how it's supposed to work. I think it's supposed to, like, prepare your body for sleep, like, about an hour after you take it. How many times did you get back up? Was that once or twice? I got back up once, and then I just stayed up. For yeah, like I know you four had hours. gone to. I know you had gone to bed, and you had closed the bedroom door, and that was on my computer. And I heard a noise. And I turned around, and here you came. Yeah. Walking out, and you're like, I'm not tired. Yeah, I couldn't get comfortable. I tried like everything that I normally do. I tried thinking about stuff. I tried just like staring at the ceiling. I tried. I even, you know, I even, when I got up, I even tried drinking a glass of milk because I've heard that that's supposed to, like, get your body sleepy and stuff. And it just, like, did not work for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I ended up just sitting at the computer and playing House Flipper for, <laughs> for like, hours. What time did you go to bed? Um, let's see. Originally, I went to bed about mm, 11-something. I had taken the melatonin at about 10.30, and then so about an hour later, I was like, okay, this should start working, and I was starting to kind of feel a little bit tired, and so I went ahead and just lay down, um, and I guess I laid there for like 20 minutes and just could not sleep, so I got back up, and I didn't end up actually going to bed again until after 3. I don't know exactly what time it was. But it was like after three because I remember writing in my journal and I wrote, I actually wrote down in my journal that I'm going to just write until I pass out because <laughs> I don't know what to do with myself. And so I, at some point there, I did pass out. I would say probably about four in the morning. So, yeah. And then now I'm like extra groggy from it because it lasts about six hours, the melatonin. So I'm like, Ugh, I'm still tired from it. You so. seem to have perked up a bit since you had coffee. Yeah, absolutely. And half a glass of soda. <laughs> absolutely. So it's August 11th, and if uh, you're coming uh, new into the podcast and you're just coming off episode two, uh, it's been a few months since we actually did this. We, we really enjoyed the podcast, and we were really looking forward to continuing it regularly, and I guess we will be now. But a lot of stuff has happened in the past three, what, three months, two months? Oh, gosh, since um, May. May. The end of May, <laughs> basically, yeah. So 
if you were listening to everything else that we were talking about, we're not doing the Mediterranean diet anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, we moved. We're in a new place, a new cheaper place. Um, it's better. I like it much better. Yeah, it's better. The layout is awesome. Sarah has, uh, again, I'm pretty sure we've mentioned Sarah has multiple sclerosis in the last place we lived at had a upstairs section, which when we moved in was really awesome and looked great. But um, over time became more difficult for her to make it up and down the stairs. So now we're on the first floor of an apartment complex. Yeah, the only thing I don't like about it is that it's like hard floor all throughout, but I'm getting used to it. I just wear socks all the time. Yeah, there was that apartment we like very first moved in together. Oh my gosh, yeah. That was when I was pregnant with Hannah. Yeah. And then you couldn't get used to like the smells of it. Like no, it was like it was, hormones and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was awful. Oh my gosh. And that place had hard hard floor all throughout and I hated it. It was very dusty. This place is not as dusty for whatever no, reason. No, it's not. It's because uh, before we were in Round Rock. And Round Rock, for whatever reason, is like the dustiest city I've ever been in. That's true. So, yeah. Um, so what happened? Oh, okay, we're going there. <laughs> All right, um, I guess I'll start at the beginning. Um, so I had a major depressive episode back in the end of May, I guess it was. And it was so strange because things seemed to be going so well. And um, just all of a sudden, I started having like panic attacks. And during one of my panic attacks... Um, I tried to commit suicide and I'm sorry, you know, let me just say disclaimer here. I'm sorry if I don't sound very emotional at this point. This is just how I deal with this type of stuff. I'm not trying to be insensitive or anything, but, um, this is just how my brain processes through what happens. Sarah gets very scientific about stuff. I do. I'm very logical when it comes to like crisis type situations. That's right. True. Um, and so, so yeah, I tried to commit suicide. I won't go too much into the details of what I actually tried to do, but let's just say long story short, Philip had to check me into a mental hospital after stopping me from going through with my plan. Um, and so, yeah, I guess I was in there about two and a half days. And I think I was supposed to be, from what they had told me, I was supposed to be in there for five days for monitoring because they were adjusting my medications. They said most people stay in there like five to seven days. Yeah. Like as a standard. Yeah. But I lucked out and I was able to get out after two and a half days. Um, And then I went straight from there into the PHP program, which is partial hospitalization program is what that stands for. And basically, that's where you go to the facility. It's a separate area. Um, and you go to the facility Monday through Friday for four hours a day. And that, I feel like, was really helpful for me. I honestly feel like that helped much more than actual inpatient. And I enjoyed my time there. I was in there for probably about three weeks. And then right now, I'm currently in the IOP program, which stands for intensive outpatient program and that one is three days a week for three hours a day and I kind of feel like that one was 
kind of, I mean, it was helpful. It was good. Um, you know, I like the people that are in there with me. I like my therapist. But I, at this point, I feel like I am a bit more stable. Definitely more stable than I was at the beginning. Um, however, while in the IOP program, I did have a pretty bad manic episode. Um, just in case you didn't, just in case you weren't aware, I have bipolar disorder. That's, I had been officially diagnosed with bipolar disorder when, when going into the outpatient program. And, um. It's something I didn't, I didn't really even fully understand what that meant. Yeah. Until, you know, until we had it, had it explained. Yeah, exactly. And like. It's one of those things that you hear about, you know, oh, so-and-so has bipolar. And I think people think that that just means like. That you're hot-headed or... You have mood swings Mood or swings, yeah, like, like you're moody and it's like that's not quite it at all. That's not, yeah, that's not it at all. Um, especially, like, for me, I have bipolar type 2. And so what that is, is it's um, characterized by major depressive episodes that last for a pretty long time. And then instead of having full-blown mania, you have, like, what's called hypomanic episodes where um, with mania you sometimes um can have psychotic um episodes as well during that time which is where you see things hear things you believe things that aren't true but with hypomania there's not any psychotic um symptoms with that thank goodness yeah um and for me hypomania is mostly characterized just by feeling incredibly confident um like i'm invincible i feel super motivated and very creative and it can be really good like a lot of people that have hypomania generally enjoy most of the time when they're in that episode but it can also kind of escalate sometimes and for me it was triggered by The medication that I was on, I was taking way too high of a dose of Cymbalta and my psychiatrist, um, the, the psychiatrist at the in, at the outpatient facility actually was the one that upped my Cymbalta and my personal psychiatrist was like, oh my gosh, for someone with bipolar disorder, you should never, never increase their antidepressant, especially yeah. when they're in. And you just found that out yesterday, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was like, "Oh, whoops!" <laughs> I guess that's uh, probably what sent me into that. Um, it was pretty. It was pretty bad, though. Like I was pacing around, and the people at the facility had to like stop me and put me in a dark room, not lock me in there or anything, but they uh, had to put me in a dark room and give me a yoga mat to lay on. And I had to do some calming techniques um, to try and calm myself down. It was it was pretty bad. I was very uncomfortable. It sounds uncomfortable. Yeah. So, um, so how do you feel about everything that happened, Phil? So the way I feel about it is, uh, you know, it's it's kind of a roller coaster, really. I mean, it was like you know, from the beginning, oh my gosh, what's going on? You know, deep concern to like. Uh, now just trying to be as supportive as I can 
Thank you, know. you for that. That's really no helpful. <laughs> I love you, so it's not, yeah. <laughs> it's not as difficult as it might sound to somebody who wasn't in a relationship with somebody. But, um, uh, you know, just like I, like I see the progress that you're making, it, it starts to, you know, we find out things like, like, oh, Sarah has MS or, oh, Sarah has, uh, you know, this mental thing. Yeah. Then certain events from not just our relationship, but things you've told me about your past when you were a kid or yeah. teenager stuff start to like, you know, all the pieces start to fall into place. And it's like, oh. Yeah, it makes so much sense <clears throat> now looking back at my young adult years. Right. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, that's what it was. I don't know exactly when I developed bipolar disorder. I know it's something that like you're not necessarily born with. Um, you can be born with the tendencies toward it if it runs in your family, but it's something that usually develops after a trauma of some kind. And I don't know, like, I can't really pinpoint exactly when it happened, but just thinking back, I'm like, oh, okay, that was probably a hypomanic episode, or that was a major depressive episode. Right. So, um, and of course, stress can bring it on to and as uh i'm not sure if you guys know i was about to say as you know but um we deal with a ton of stress like on a daily basis um with the kids and uh hannah is starting school and so that is something you know well, she's, she's starting she's starting first grade she yeah she's starting first school. grade but she's starting a new school and so that brings a little bit of anxiety for me um, just wondering, like, how is this school going to be? Is right. she going to enjoy it? Me too, a little bit, because, you know, it was like the, the mornings where I would take Hannah to school last year. Once you take them once or twice, you know, you know where to go, where to park, yeah. where to walk them into people. You know, you get to know people at the school. Hi, you know, I'm just bringing Hannah to class here and, and that kind of thing. And, and so now it's a new school, new parking yeah, and I went. Up the front. Yeah, and I went and I saw the school uh, for the new family orientation, and it's much smaller than her old school, which is good because it seems like it's going to be easier to navigate. But they they really don't want us to walk the kids to class anymore, and um, that's something that I got used to at Hannah's old school. It's like that's something that Hannah got used to, and I think she's gonna. Yeah, and, I'm concerned. She's you know you're gonna walk her in there. And she's gonna. Yeah, I'm Lose just, it. I'm a little, I'm, I'm a little bit of a helicopter parent still. It's, I've gotten much better about that. But, um, yeah, I still, I still worry. I worry that she's going to get lost. I worry that she's going to cry. I worry, you know, about so many things. And I need to just, I need to stop. <laughs> I need to, to stop Back worrying. up a little bit. Before yeah. She, yeah. Yeah, I don't want her to act like this for the rest of her life. You know, she's got to. She's got to become more independent. She needs to have the realization, because I see it with other things that she does around the house, you know, where she's like, I can't. And I'm like, no, you, like, and I show her, like, here, like, you can do it. Now, now do it. And then she'll do it. And then she's, like, excited that she did something yeah. new that she thought she couldn't. So Yeah, and we tell her, like, good, or at least, like, we tell her, like, I was going to say at least I tell her, but that sounds rude, because that, that implies that you don't. Um, I'm not here. Anyway, um, 
Yeah, like I tell her that, you know, I'm proud of her and like, good job, Hannah. And I like I make a big deal about it when she does something, even if it's something small, because I want to build confidence in her. And, um, you know, being a big sister, I'm sure is hard. I don't I wouldn't know because <laughs> I'm the baby of the family. But I'm sure being a big sister is hard because there's jealousy and stuff. And we're starting to see more of the jealousy come out a little bit. But she's also a really good big sister for the most part. Yeah. I mean, she loves to help with her little sister. She is, like, always excited to take care of her. And she'll always tell me, like, I love taking care of Haley. And so, like, it's it makes my heart happy. Well, she's always like telling that. Haley, you know, like, come here, let's do this now and showing her how to play with different toys and yeah. stuff. And then, you know, and then Haley follows around behind her. Yeah, exactly. They're super cute together. Um, but I mean, I guess it's it's a stress that most parents deal with, I guess. So it's not like completely exclusive to us. It just makes it hard because not only do we have the stress of being young parents and having small little children, but we also are trying to run our own businesses. I mean, that's like, that's like tough. And unfortunately, because of all this mental health crap that I've been dealing with, we, we've had to kind of put our businesses on hold. And A little bit, yeah. Yeah. But don't have that tone. That sounds kind of negative. Well, like, no, I'm I'm not, be... I don't mean to be negative. I just mean that, like, it, it to me, I'm not happy about that, you know? Yeah, like, of course. I wish, I, I'm, I'm the type of person where when I have a project or when I have an idea, I want to do it. And I want to get it done. And I don't like taking long breaks right. from things. Yeah. I agree. I, you know, like, and we were talking about this last night with, uh, um, you know, like, so Sarah has, uh, just to recap, if, I don't remember if we, it's been so long, I didn't listen to the other two podcasts again. <laughs> so I don't remember what we've told you guys. Um, and probably right now, most of the people listening to this are people that know us, but Sarah's got a jewelry business. Yeah. She also does crocheted items. Um, it's kind of like an accessory, like a handmade accessory. Right. And business. then what I'm trying to get started is my photography business. So we were talking about this last night that like we both we both spend quite a bit of time on youtube and in our in our different areas of of interest um you'll see youtubers that will make for 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 me it's it's uh youtubers that are like and they're and they're right i don't want to i'm not arguing against them but it'll, it'll be things like um your camera gear doesn't matter and and i get what they're trying to do is they're and i agree with it that they're trying to get people to understand that if you have a camera and like one lens and that's all you can do and all you can use, then you just have to make do with that until you can get more stuff. Yeah. But then five or six videos later, they're so excited to be unboxing this brand new telephoto lens that came out. They're so excited. It's going to up their game so much. Everything's going to be so much better. And it it feels like it counteracts the other argument, but it, but it doesn't, it's just kind of like, ah, I want those other lenses too, and I can't get them right now. And uh, I guess yeah, it feels I can, like I can't start my thing. And then what you were saying? Yeah, I can totally, I can totally relate to that with crafting YouTubers because I watch their stuff, and there'll be a lot of videos that are like, oh, you know, budget crafts, and I'll show you how to make this stuff from just items that are just laying around your house and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, that's cool, that's awesome. 
But then another episode will be like a tour of their craft room. And it's like they have an entire store in their house. So it's like, of course, you can make stuff with items just around your house when your house is a store. So (laughs) (laughs) Look what I found in my house. It's $150 worth of beads. Yeah, exactly. Or it's like these... These $20 a piece, you know, Copic markers or whatever. And it's just like, okay, not everyone has that. Yeah, not everyone has access to But we're to building that. the stuff and we're trying to keep, as a team, we're trying to keep each other positive about stuff and figure out ways to get stuff promoted. And, and also for for those extras and stuff, you know, we're, we were needing to make more money. Yeah. Uh, my full-time job. Uh, so here, so here's another thing that happened that's been stressing me out. Uh, we came up on a situation at the last place that we lived where we had to pay rent. And not only was the rent too much to begin with, but we were over the lease. So we were having to pay like a higher amount of rent. Yeah. And the only way that we could get it paid, nobody could loan us the money or anything. So the only way we could, we could pay it um, was to get a payday loan. from uh, speedy cash i think it was yes um and it's uh it's rough those things like so we're on a podcast if i was just talking to you guys one-on-one i'd be like it's a scam don't do it blah blah whatever but uh, you know putting this out putting this out yeah like i I have to say it's not a scam like we read the document and we knew what what it was when we signed it but the interest is is ridiculous the interest is out so basically, out of every single one of my paychecks, they pull one hundred and eighty-five. Yeah, one hundred eighty-five dollars. That's two times a month. Until yeah, until well, sometimes three. Sometimes okay. three, yeah, because it's every two weeks. One hundred eighty-five. Right. And this and this doesn't end until like October of this year, um, unless we pay it off. And there's like no way to pay it off. And it's really really hard on us. Like I mean, some people may think, oh, that's not too bad. That's kind of like a car payment or whatever. But which, by the way, we I'm do behind have a, on a car payment. We yeah. do have a car payment that we're behind on, and so for us, that's really well, it's really stressful. Well, it's not just that though. Like I took out an advance in my work also. Yeah. For a thousand dollars, they don't charge interest. So the last the last paycheck that I got from my job was actually a full paycheck again. But they were pulling one sixty, so I was losing one sixty, then one eighty five, then the insurance, then the child support. Um, you know, and, and it was just yeah, by the really, time, really by rough. the time we would get your paychecks, it was like not even close to cover our bills, let alone our rent. And it's still kind of I mean pushing with, it. it's still we, pushing it. We did this last rent we were able to pay. <laughs> yes, and that's because we s- decided to start driving with Uber Eats. Well, I, I had started it again. I had started because I did Lyft and Uber. Um, both back before uh, the city of Austin ran them out of town. Yeah. <laughs> Don't at me. That is what happened. Um, yeah. But uh, when they came back, I didn't really have a desire to... I, I just wasn't into it. I didn't want to bust people around the city anymore. So then at this point, now they've a lot of these... Lyft doesn't have one, but Uber. And then there's like Favor and DoorDash, all these other like delivery services. And I did pizza delivery for like Domino's and Papa John's and all these places. And yeah, I even you, had a delivery job at a sushi restaurant. Yeah, and you loved earlier it. Earlier this year. Like yeah. you like delivery. I've always loved delivery. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'm going to do uh, Uber Eats because I already have an Uber account. I just add the Uber Eats thing, you know, and, and I did one delivery to test it out. And I made like seven bucks, I think, because yeah. I tipped. 
And then um, that was on a Saturday. And then the following Tuesday after my regular job, I told Sarah, I'm going to I'm going to flip the, the Uber Eats app on and see if I can get some deliveries after work. And um, it popped up and asked me for a background check. And I was like, oh, OK, this is probably one of those things that'll it'll clear by the end of the day yeah. or tomorrow. OK, fine, whatever. So I agree to it. And because so long story short, I think the explanation was because my account also had the ability to drive people around. It was a longer background check. It took almost a month. Yeah, about a month. Yeah, it did. It was ridiculous. And so in that time, because I couldn't drive it. Sarah was like, yeah, I want to try. Just, I just out of nowhere was just like, you know what? I want to try it. I've never done delivery before. Uh, the last time I've had a real job was like seven years ago. And, you know, so it's been it's been a while for me. But I decided, you know what? We are low on money. There is no way that we're going to be able to pull ourselves out of this hole if I don't do something. And yeah, I have my jewelry business, but nobody's buying right now. And, you know, so I just, I needed a way to bring in some kind of steady income. And so I told Phil about it and he was like, okay, just wait till I get off work and then I can go with you and kind of, you know, help you get the hang of it. And I was like, hmm. No, <laughs> I think I'll just go right now. And not to like <laughs> talk down to Sarah, but just, I've, I mean, I've been married to the woman for five years. I know how she is, you know, she just, just over the over the course of time, you know, she didn't want to make phone calls. She didn't want to call a doctor. She wanted someone else to do it. Doesn't really like situations with lots of people. And so that's why I was like, let me go with you. Because I thought, I thought she's going to be, she's wanting to do it. But she's going to be super scared and, (laughs) you know, she's not used to navigating with her phone and all that kind of stuff. But I was honestly really impressed, like, how well she handled it. Yeah. And how well she's been doing with it. Yeah. I like, I was just like, nope, I'm just going to do it by myself. I'm just going to, you know, put my big girl panties on, so to speak, and just get out there and do it. And I did. And I loved it. Like, first delivery I was like hooked I was like oh my gosh this is perfect it's perfect for me I get to meet new people which I do like meeting new people I just don't really like having that customer service interaction and so I get to meet new people I get to hand them their food they're happy to see me because I'm bringing them food and then I get to say you know have a nice day and get back in my car listen to my music you know, and take the next delivery. And it's just awesome. The best part about it is I can do it whenever I want. Like that, that is the best part about it. And don't think, I mean, we're not sponsored by Uber Eats. (laughs) So don't think this is like an advertisement or anything, but (laughs) I just, I genuinely enjoy it. It's perfect for me. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I love, always loved delivery. So it's, it's awesome to be able, it does sound like an advertisement. It does. (laughs) It's awesome to be able to, uh, you know, to be able to flip the app on, it's it's just different than like you, you know all the other deliveries that I've done have been like just like I said, Domino's and Papa John's and all these you know it's you're a delivering it's yeah. a restaurant you're delivering one type of food. If nobody's hungry for pizza that night, then you're just standing there. Yeah, and then you're like you're getting paid like minimum wage or whatever, and then so you're like I'm here to drive, I'm here to deliver, and then. There are any deliveries happening at the moment. They want you to go go start washing the dishes. Go start 
falling boxes. Go start mopping the floor. Yeah, and you're not hey, getting paid enough. To oh, do well, that. I'm supposed to be off at nine o'clock. Yeah, but we're busy, so you're not going to end up leaving till eleven. I hate yeah. that kind of stuff. I've always hated it. It's fine for some people. I and I get it. I get their business model. I get why they have to do that, you know, and stuff. But it just it's aggravating to me. So with this, it's like. I, uh, was that yesterday? No, that was not yesterday. It was the day before. I think I was taking some deliveries, taking some deliveries and, uh, it went down 620 for two deliveries. And then on my way back, they were doing road construction. They had yeah. moved two lane 620 down to one lane. And I had already hit the button to pick up a delivery, but ended up, um, deciding to cancel it because I figured somebody, Someone else could pick it up coming from the other direction, get to the restaurant faster and get this person their food. Um, other than, you know, me taking another like 30 minutes to get to that restaurant. Yeah. So. And also, see, the thing is, too, that as of right now, Uber does not necessarily take into account traffic when they're paying you for the delivery. And I received an email yesterday that starting, I don't remember exactly when, I think it's like starting the end of August or maybe I think, yeah, I think it was August 20th. They're going to start taking into account things like that when they oh, pay wow. you. Yeah. And so I'm like, Oh, finally, like, I mean, I've only been doing it for a little while, but even then sometimes I get these deliveries where it takes so long because of the time that I'm delivering it and it, and the traffic and then the distance and they normally don't take that kind of stuff into account. Yeah. And so I'm like, this isn't worth it. You know, like I'm getting paid very, very little for doing this. Sometimes it can take me like 30 minutes to an hour to take a delivery and I, I end up getting paid like four dollars. Yeah. Like $3 and something. And, and it's because like, of the traffic. Is, like yeah. you could have been there a lot quicker if it wasn't just. If, if it wasn't traffic. Right. And so, um, so yeah, I'm excited for August 20th to see just how this affects the pay. Because I love this job. I want to stay at this job. I don't want to have to try and get a different job. I love everything about this except the pay. <laughs> um, and I, I feel like people, they think that we make tons of money doing Uber Eats. And it's really not. Oh, you mean as the people that are ordering. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The people that are ordering the food, they think that we make tons and tons and tons of money. And... You know, unfortunately, we really don't. It it depends. You know, like if you're if you luck out and you get deliveries that are just like ten minutes away or you know five minutes away, and you just get like boom, 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 one after the other, then yeah, you can make bank. But well, that's the same with any delivery. I didn't I didn't really get that early on when I was working like pizza deliveries and stuff. But I started to catch on. I would notice that a lot of guys cherry pick. Yeah. So you got a lot of guys there, especially ones with seniority. And then you've got like a manager that's like the same age. That's not like the, you know, there's a bunch of 20 somethings. And then one guy gets promoted because he, it's always like the people that don't have a car that work the yeah. inside of a Domino's. And so like one of those guys would get promoted to assistant manager and then they'd be a closing manager and the store manager's not there. So you got like a 26 year old running the store. Um, and then his buddy is not going to get in trouble picking the good deliveries. Yeah, exactly. You know, just standing there and waiting for good stuff to come up. Exactly. It's favoritism. Yeah. So that doesn't really happen with this, but it, well, I'm saying the concept, because I noticed certain guys 
would make a lot more, but they were taking, see, I always like to take the long deliveries when I was working those jobs because I could be in my car longer and come back, you know, and I wasn't thinking about like, oh, if I take these two pizzas right here around the corner, I can get back and get the next ones really quick. Exactly. I would, but because I was looking for like, how can I go from like the downtown Domino's, like the UT campus all the way out into like Terrytown or something. Yeah. And take as much time as possible. <laughs> get to listen to your music. Stop and look at my phone. Yeah. You know, stop and get something to drink at the store. Yeah. You were viewing it more like a leisurely. Right. Like activity. I was getting away. Like, yeah. Like if, like if I, like I work in an office now, if my boss was like, hey, I need you to run to the Best Buy or something, you know, Walmart or something to get us printer paper. That doesn't ever happen, but like... Yeah, if it, it were to happen. I'm looking at it like, oh, I'm away from my desk. That's how I was viewing it. Like, I, I don't have anyone around me to supervise me. I'm out on my own. Yeah. So... And so this is like really... This is perfect. This is perfect. And no it's really, one micromanages you. Yeah. And it's really like, I think of it as like a silver lining in our storm of chaos that we're going through right now. I feel like this could be something that really helps pull us out of the hole. And it's perfect for both of us because both of us are the type of people where we don't like to be managed. We like to be our own boss. And I feel like I definitely have the drive to make sure that I'm doing what I need to be doing at the times that I'm needing to be doing them. And I'm the one that decides what time that is. And I love that. So, I mean, this is like a silver lining in the storm, and I can't wait to see where this goes, how much money we could potentially make with this, how we can get our family out of debt, and really make a good life for our children. Because that's really like the most important thing to me, is like making sure that they grow up in a stable, financially stable, emotionally stable uh physically as far as physical health stable household um so yeah that's like it's just it's a dream for me (laughs) now unfortunately i say unfortunately we've had a good conversation but i'm looking at the computer here and it says disk space remaining for recording zero hours and five minutes so we We got it we got to cut this cut this off then guys i think that's <laughs> Plus, about all we had on the list actually. yeah and it is and actually we need to go work uber eats now because it's yeah. a lunch rush so <laughs> we're doing uh, this in the morning so yeah we're just like uh let's go work or uber eats also and then i'll edit this later and we'll throw it up and you'll be listening to it now but it will have been earlier i was gonna say yesterday yeah. but i hope i can have this up today yeah hopefully it can be up today but tonight. Uh, yeah so i just uh i don't know how to end it though because it's all right uh, there's so much other stuff though because we were gone for so long and oh like, i know but oh, we, we can, can save that stuff. okay we can save that for next time guys i know <laughs> i just <laughs> so. i just don't uh i just don't want to lose the momentum we're getting it back we're getting the ball rolling with the podcast and it it, yeah, it feels we, good to be doing this again, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Absolutely. Um, I've really I've missed just sitting down and talking about everything. It's like a verbal journal for me. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> so I get to just like lay it all out there, and you know, even if nobody listens to it, it's kind of like therapy at this point. So anyway, we got to wrap this up, guys. Um, hopefully, we will be doing another podcast next weekend. Hopefully. Um, cross your fingers. <laughs> if you, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, we will see you guys later. All right. And uh, don't forget, you can check us out just about anywhere that podcasts yeah. are available over the amount of time that we are away. 
Uh, I kept getting emails that your podcast is now available on Google. It's now available on Spotify, all this stuff. And I was, I kept telling Sarah, we got to do the podcast. We got to do the podcast. We're, you know, now people can listen to us here and here. We're going to start getting like random hits. I haven't checked it in a couple of weeks. So I don't know who's listened to it or what, but uh, if you're listening to it on the Anchor app, give us a thumbs up. It really helps us out. And uh, we'll catch you next week. All right. See you later. Bye.